0: New game day shirt, boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate, boom, cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, I said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who is taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one. It's a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com/slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
1: on Total Soccer Show, the weekly discussion where we dig a little deeper into one of the biggest talking points of the beautiful game. Today, we're looking into what is shaping up to be the biggest transfer saga of the summer besides the one that hasn't seen Leo Messi sign a contract just yet. It's Kylian. Mbappé. The French striker permanently signed for PSG in 2018 for a record-breaking 180 million euros. After five Liga titles and two World Cup finals, Mbappé is now linked to the team he idolised as a young player. That's Real Madrid. On Monday this week, the Frenchman reportedly delivered a letter to PSG's front office explaining he would not extend his contract, which expires next summer. And Mbappé subsequently tweeted that he was happy in Paris and was willing to stay next year, which doesn't really help the position that PSG are currently in her boy. My name's Ryan Bailey. Joining me today on the mic, Mr. Graham Ruslan. Hello, Graham. Hello, Ryan. How are you? Uh, Ça va bien? Merci à vous. Eh, oui. Good. There (laughs) we go. That's all I've got. (laughs) We got the French language out of the way early. Uh, Just a British uh, TSS today. Joe and Taylor are off on
2: international duty.
1: Just like Mbappé. There we go. Mirroring Mm. your life.
2: Taylor's, excuse me, Joe is at the Planet Hollywood uh, Gordon Ramsay burger, I believe. Is that
1: real? For real? He went there?
2: No, I don't know. (laughs) I just just went to see your face and it did
1: not disappoint. It would fill me with joy (laughs) if Joe took one of my recommendations. I hope he does. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, We have some pressing matters to talk about, though, Graham, of course. It seems like a while since we've had a really protracted annoying summer transfer saga but like you know the ones where like gareth bale signs in like the start of september and it drags on mm. and on and on and on have we got one in our hands here with Kylian mbappe do we think
2: um potentially i mean this summer transfer window was already looking like a like a crazy one and then mbappe kicked the hornet's nest earlier this week and it, and it really feels like not just is this going to be a transfer saga in terms of where he ends up this summer but it does also feel like there's a line of dominoes lined up behind him across a number of different clubs across Europe and if one goes they'll all go I guess you could argue maybe the first one has already tipped with Karim Benzema going to Saudi Mm. Arabia which I certainly didn't expect it reads like Real Madrid didn't expect that to happen this summer and that is maybe a motivating factor in why Kylian Mbappe is all of a sudden thinking hold on there's an opportunity for me to actually get the move that I wanted all along but we can discuss that in depth a little bit more later on
1: okay before we get to that and we get to the timeline of events that we've seen unfold in the past week Graham I discussed about Mbappé himself is he the best is he still the best striker in the world Uh, and if not where does he rank among the best at the moment and obviously this might be a different conversation than it was say two years ago
2: or even 12 months ago, when Erling Haaland hadn't proved himself in the Premier League as this Norwegian goal bot that we now know him to be, <laughs> I still consider Kylian Mbappé and Haaland to be sort of the the at the at the forefront of the next generation. Those are the two players that, if I had to bet over the next 10 years, will probably share the Ballon d'Or amongst themselves. Maybe Jude Bellingham enters that conversation at some point as well, obviously um, joining Real Madrid this week, which will help his cause in that regard. But yeah, I think Mbappe it is generally agreed one of the best, if not the best, attacking players in European football at this moment in time.
1: Okay, so he's 24. What would he, what would he cost right now? Bear in mind, there's dif- different figures about what he actually ended up costing with add-ons when he signed for PSG. But let's say it's around 180, which I think is what the general consensus is. So he's the second most expensive player of all time behind his colleague, his current colleague, Neymar. Is he getting anywhere near that figure? Because it feels like PSG don't have a strong negotiating platform with one year left on his contract at this point.
2: So a number of reports say Real Madrid would be willing to pay 200 million euros for Mbappe this summer. Apparently they still have the money they saved up for a few years by selling the likes of. Casemiro and Varane and Martin Odegaard and Hakimi, do you remember there was a few years where a lot of kind of fringe players, actually a couple of those players were key players for Real Madrid and the money was essentially being pocketed to fund this Mbappe deal. They then went and signed Many last summer, they have signed Bellingham for hundred 100 million, 130 million plus add-ons this summer but from what I've read it still feels like, it still seems like they have got um, some money put aside for Kylian Mbappe even with Bellingham, even with the reconstruction of the Bernabeu, I believe that money has come from the bank. So in terms of the transfer money that has been saved, it is still there. That is, as you mentioned, roughly what PSG paid for Mbappe back in 2017. So maybe that's the sort of fee they'd be looking for. Obviously, Mbappe is into the final year of his contract, so that that will be a a factor. Um, but I do think PSG will be looking at the market. The fact that Real Madrid have paid 100 million for jude bellingham this summer and yeah they'll probably want at least double that i would imagine
1: so if they get
2: double that graham let's say they drop 300 million on those two
1: players and as we as you noted they're building a stadium at the moment
2: how how does that happen (laughs) why how Florentino is still counting on that European Super League. It seems <laughs> coming into effect at, at, at any time. Yeah, I think they're going to have to uh, sell a lot of sell a lot of shirts and I don't know move some numbers around. Barcelona seem to be quite good at that, so maybe Real Madrid can oh, do it as well. They borrow some levers. Okay, I get it. I get how this works. It's
1: that one. I can't I can't, can't quite fathom that. But I mean, what what what? Let's talk about Mbappé and his current role at PSG. Then there's this sort of consensus that maybe he's playing below his means in Paris if that makes sense well like I, um, on the Guardian football podcast they mentioned this week that um, he's on greater wages than all of like Ajaxio combined so right. <laughs> what's the point in, in him playing in Ligue 1 when he's playing against several teams whom their entire wage bid is less than his weekly wages uh, the, the the point of him
2: is not to win Ligue 1 every year yeah. right it's to win the Champions League that's why he's at PSG that's the entire project PSG ambition is for the Champions League to be the gauge for where they achieve real success. I mean, in terms of his, I hate this word and it gets used a lot, but I'm going to use the word legacy, right? In terms of Mbappé's legacy, playing in Ligue 1 is doing nothing for that legacy. And you look at some of his peers, Jude Bellingham just gone to Real Madrid, as I mentioned, Erling Haaland now playing in, in the Premier League and winning everything with Manchester City. It does sort of feel like Mbappé has fallen behind a little bit I mean I know he had a a, a good world cup but in the Champions League this season yes there was a few electrifying moments I remember a game against Bayern Munich I can't actually remember was that a group stage game was that a round of 16 game can't quite remember but he was very good I think he came off the bench was that the round of 16 first leg he comes off the bench and he gives PSG a chance against Bayern Munich so there are still electrifying glimpses from Kylian Mbappe but it does kind of feel like where someone like Erling Haaland has this season made a lot of progress in adapting to Pep Guardiola's style of play. And Haaland is doing, while he's never going to be kind of a a pressing monster, he's never going to be exceptional in possession, he is developing his game in that respect. And it feels like Mbappe has gone the other way, where he is very detached from what PSG do as a team. And you do get those glimpses, but you wouldn't say... He presses a great deal. You wouldn't say that he plays a a big role in possession play. So not just does he need to go to, in my opinion, I'm editorialising a little bit here, not only does he need a move to build his legacy in one of the best leagues in either La Liga or the Premier League or wherever... He needs to develop his own game. He needs to find a coach that can take him to that next level because he won't be able to rely on that electrifying pace for his entire career. He will need to build out his game. He will need to become better in possession because he won't be able to rely on those physical attributes for, for as I say, into his 30s. You know, you look at how Lionel Messi is a different player to how he was 10 years ago. Mbappe has, has yet to prove that that development will happen.
1: And do we think that development is uh, is better placed at Real Madrid. Do we think he's more inclined to develop into the kind of player he needs to be when he's got many? when he's got Camavinga, Vinicius, Duke yeah. Bellingham all around him. Does that does that help things he's had world class players around him previously?
2: He hasn't had a structure around him though, and I know Real Madrid are are, are quite vibesy in, in in their own right. But nonetheless, I do think they have, in terms of how they built that squad, the job that their front office has done and their sporting director is, is miles ahead of anything that PSG have, have done in their entire existence, or at least since the, the, the Qatari takeover of the club. So yes, absolutely, I believe Real Madrid would be a better platform, for Kylian Mbappé, he's obviously a, a, a boyhood fan of the club. There is that famous picture of him sitting on his in 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 his bedroom on his bed as a, I mean, he looks about 14 years old, maybe even younger than that, and he's got the multiple pictures or posters of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo on his wall, which feel, feels very on the nose that he would be kind of the natural heir to Cristiano Ronaldo at Real Madrid, and and that is a thing about Real Madrid's pursuit of Kylian Mbappé is. Every so often, Florentino Perez, he just identifies a player that he sees Real Madrid in. I, he certainly did that with Cristiano Ronaldo, where they, they chased Ronaldo for a number of seasons before they got him from Manchester United. I would argue they did it with Brazilian Ronaldo as well, where he was linked with Real Madrid a number of times before that deal actually happened. And it seems like he has obsessed Florentino Perez with this idea of killing Mbappe, being a Real Madrid player as well. So I do, I do feel like even if it doesn't happen this summer maybe even if it doesn't happen next summer, it will happen at some point in, in the future. I'm pretty confident that Kylian Mbappe will play for Real Madrid.
1: Well, it seems like the machinations are in place for that to happen, perhaps this summer, Graham, as we outlined. Can you can you sort of lay out the timeline? I, I I briefly did it in the intro, but it seems like it seems like and Mbappe's playing games a little bit here, isn't he? He's hmm. saying, oh, I'm happy in Paris. I'd love to stay, which doesn't <laughs> help Paris Saint-Germain when he's got one year left on his contract. It doesn't changed the position at all really does it he's just saying I'll stay the extra year and I'll go for free next summer yeah. it's, it's up to you guys basically is what <laughs> he's saying
2: yeah so let's quickly run through the timeline of what has happened this week so Kylian Mbappe sent a letter which is very Jane Austen of him to mm-hmm. write a letter he sent a letter to PSG on Monday and that letter informed PSG that he will not be renewing his contract when it expires next summer so Kylian Mbappe he signed a, a two-year contract at PSG last last summer when there was a a tug-of-war with Real Madrid's at that point. There is an option for Mbappé to extend for a third year, but he's now made clear that he, he won't be doing that. Um, in terms of the response from PSG, they they waited a, a few days to say something public about the story. Did they send a letter uh, back?
1: Uh, um, like, Was it hand-delivered with a re- wax seal? That's what I need re- to know.
2: Return to sender. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe PSG have discovered WhatsApp, and maybe they just let... Uh, Kylian Mbappe know their feelings that way instead of mm. a letter. Very weird. What was it with footballers and what was it the Messi sent Barcelona like a a burifax or something it was called and Kylian Mbappe sending letters, just WhatsApp is fine. The world yeah. is on WhatsApp. Just use WhatsApp. It's, anyway, uh, it's,
1: it's a, at least it wasn't a fax machine. That's been the traditional uh, method of contact between clubs, certainly. And maybe um I don't know carry pigeon. That's what they should go with.
2: how how long before like a Gen Z footballer. Communicates a, like via TikTok to their club, like that's surely in the post. No pun intended. Anyway, PSG, their response: they waited a few days to say something public, and then they were, or excuse me, before that, they were they were briefing a clear line to the media that if Mbappe isn't going to extend his contract, they don't want to lose him as a free agent, and so they will look to sell him. Mbappe then quote-tweeted a newspaper story which said he wants to join Real Madrid this summer, and this is the bit you were referencing there, Ryan. He said, have already said that I will continue next season at PSG, where I am very happy. Mm. Hmm. Clear Mm. as mud. That's why he has made clear his desire to leave, because he's very happy at PSG, of course. Then in response to Mbappe saying that there hadn't been any talks over a new contract PSG did make a public statement on Wednesday to deny this and the quote from their spokesperson was it is emphatically untrue to say Mbappe's team have not been involved in renewal discussions so that's where we're at at this at this moment in time it's possible that the story could move again before the end of the week it's been moving very quickly day to day going on social media and gauging what the response has been to this to this story um, and social media is how i gauge most things in life and i'm sure that's perfectly healthy for me and hasn't done any damage to my mental health or well-being at all but yeah going on twitter people are people are bored of how this happens pretty much every summer with killing mbappe he is he's just drama isn't he um and, and i think the tedium comes from how we've done this every summer for the last three years and still nothing has changed he's still a psg player he's still under contract at psg even when he signed with psg back in you said he signed permanently in 2018 but he said he was on loan right for a yeah. for a season from from monaco so he's been a That's psg right. player since 2017 i remember when that deal happened the general consensus was, oh, this is this is what he's gonna do for a few years before he goes to Real Madrid. Even at that time there was talk about Real Madrid. We're now in twenty twenty three and that move still hasn't happened. I do wonder how much reputational damage he's doing to himself Mbappe because He's not terribly popular with the PSG fans who have booed him multiple times this season. I mean, to be fair, they have booed everyone uh, <laughs> at points this season. But he's not very popular with the PSG fans. And now it really feels like neutrals are, are starting to see him a, a little bit differently as well. He he obviously is still iconic in his own way and an excellent player. But at this point, would you say Kylian Mbappe is beloved by football fans? I, I don't know. I do wonder about the damage that's been done there.
1: Awesome. He, should, he wants to be more beloved. He should move somewhere like Saudi Arabia then, right? Is that what we're saying?
2: That is the... Yeah, that is the yeah. convention as yeah. for footballers to move that's to Saudi Arabia it. to become but beloved. Yeah.
1: It's interesting to talk about reputational damage because it feels to me if he stays another season, that's just further reputational damage for him because he's staying in a league where, as as a kind of posited here, that he's undervaluing himself in some ways.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how many... How many iconic league-on goals can you off the top of your head think of Kylian Mbappe has scored for PSG I remember one this season where Messi like looped the ball over the top to him and he volleyed I think that was against Marseille that was a very good goal that's the only goal I can think of so when you think of like the best moments of Kylian Mbappe's career none of them have happened in Ligue 1
1: yeah all right let's take a quick break when we come back we'll talk about uh the maybe some other clubs that could realistically sign him let's talk about the PSG project a little bit as well back shortly
0: New game day shirt, boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate, boom, cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, I said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who is taking the win. But you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one. It's a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com/slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
3: Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from another retirement account with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match this offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost subscription fees apply.
1: Total Soccer Show, welcome back to our big thing. Graham, I feel like I've been a bit down on PSG in this episode so far, and perhaps deservedly so. And it feels like this, although it might be painful to let go of um, messy and Mbappe in the same summer. It might be the best thing for Paris at this point because it feels like the experiment has failed. The experiment was when this t- club was uh, launched by its uh, ownership in 2011 was to make this a vehicle to consistently win the Champions League or to consistently go far in the Champions League. They've got to one final, but they've not won it. There's, there's no point in this team continually winning Ligue 1, as I say, without going the next step with this. So it feels like they haven't got any better since Neymar and Mbappe have joined the team. Maybe not not any better. They haven't achieved anything further, I, I would yeah. argue. I would argue there. So, in that case, maybe it's the best thing if they do sort of treat this as a rebuild and take a different approach.
2: Perhaps. And PSG, they do need to completely rebuild their squad this summer. And also the sporting culture at the club, which seems to be very. Toxic, because that seems to have been just as 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 damaging as the kind of botched construction of 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 the team itself. I really don't know at this point if Kylian Mbappe is a healthy influence in that dressing room and 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 in in that club in general. As good as he is, as you referenced there, Ryan, starting all over again without Mbappe could be beneficial in the way that it would just give PSG a clean slate. Christoph Galtier, I believe, is close to being sacked, as has been the case for the last two to three months since PSG crashed out of the Champions League. He's still in position, apparently, but I think that's going to be confirmed very soon. So there'll be a new manager, possibly a new sporting director if Luis Campos leaves as, as well. And a, a, a blank slate would be useful for PSG at, at, at this point. The way his contract is at PSG, since he signed that new deal last summer, so much of PSG revolves around Mbappe. He, he contractually has a say in transfers, in the transfers that that PSG make. That cannot be a healthy thing for a modern club. And at this point, the relationship between PSG and Mbappe, there's just a lot of friction there. There was a story about him having to do a um, sponsor like sponsored content for PSG with some of their partners and then him not turning up because it, it it's in conflict with one of his kind of personal individual sponsors and then i believe i was i was reading he complained about being used in a season ticket renewal video yeah. or, or something like that. Um, there's mistrust on both sides, I think. PSG are, don't really trust Mbappe, and Mbappe doesn't trust PSG, and I just question whether that can ever be a hel- a healthy environment for, for both parties. Having said all that, I just can't envisage PSG losing all three of their star players in one summer. So obviously, Lionel Messi has gone committed to sign with, into Miami although as you say Ryan hasn't put pen to paper yet which I'm sure is not giving Don Garber sleepless nights at all and <laughs> um, Neymar there's a lot of talk about him at the moment and the option that has emerged in the last week for him is, is Saudi Arabia which is not too surprising so there is a chance having discussed this front three for the last two seasons and we've said it doesn't really work with three of them maybe it works with two of them maybe it works with one of them there's a chance that next season none of them are at PSG I just can't really from a political point of view and the PR hit that would be for PSG losing all three star players in one summer to rivals as well if Mbappe goes to Real Madrid I don't know there's just something about that that I I can't really imagine
1: yeah, it would seem difficult. And I'm, maybe I'm being a bit idealistic saying they need a rebuild. You know, we know that PSG have or uh, well, Paris is like a hotbed of soccer talent has been for for decades. And you look at the PSG youth system that's brought out like Kingsley Coman, Rabio, uh Kimbenpe and Kunku, many of whom didn't really get their shot at PSG, many of those players they brought through, which is something we discussed before uh, previously on the podcast. And idealistically, I'd say, you know, Start again and start building with Parisian youth. And then I'd think about how dysfunctional this organization is and how little chance they actually have of doing something concrete and actually building from grassroots
2: like that. It just feels unlikely they're gonna do that, doesn't it? It does. The thing is, PSG have already signaled a shift in ethos at the club, and they kinda saw Mbappé essential to that. So I think that is one criticism their their fans and certainly their ultras have have made clear in the last few months is that PSG are wasting all that Parisian talent. I'm not sure about Parisian talent, but it seems like PSG, their, their plan was to become France's club, to be France's team, and that was a big part of why they handed Kylian Mbappe that giant contract was initially it was Neymar that was going to be the face of the club, and then it was going to be Messi that was the face of the club, and then they'd kind of settled on, okay, Kylian is going to be the, the face of the club and we're going to build around him. So I agree that cleaning the slate might be beneficial, but from PSG's point of view, they, they would lose the focal point of this rebuild that they believe has already started with Lucas Campos coming in last summer, and yes, last season was a bit of a mess, but I think they wanted to continue that and really lean into that rebuild. And if if Mbappe leaves, then they're starting from scratch, and maybe they're, they're not so keen to do that. Mm. Okay,
1: so Real Madrid, the front runner, because historically we know uh, Mbappe loves the club. We know that the club seems to love Mbappe. Is that the only path we have here? Can we see a race for the signature emerging over the next few weeks, Graham? It seems like, that you know, we mentioned Saudi Arabia. They they would have the money to do so. Would they have the desire to bring him in as something else? Maybe there's a Premier League team who might be getting, I don't know, some Qatari ownership soon. He might yeah. want to make a statement signing, possibly. Yes,
2: yeah, so you're referring to uh, Manchester United, which is actually a very interesting one. Um, there isn't any kind of solid reporting that they are, they are in for him, but... Ryan, you referenced there the Qatari interest in buying Manchester United as as a club. And I did see a report by L'Equipe that Qatar could essentially allow Mbappe to sign for Man United as part of Sheik Jassim's bid to buy the club. That's all sorts of geopoliticalness influencing the transfer market. Um, But I guess that's the world that we live in now and we can't rule it out entirely. From a footballing point of view, Manchester United could kind of work. I mean, they um, they certainly need a, a a number nine. I think you could have him and Rashford as as a pair that shift and swap positions out in the left, and that was that would be a a nightmare for defenders. And then obviously, the Premier League is the best league in the world. I think undeniably, at this point, Erling Haaland is there. There's a little bit of a Messi Ronaldo personal duel between those two players. So I guess it would It might appeal to Mbappe's ego to go to not just to go to the Premier League, but to go to um, Man City's biggest rivals to try and turn them into to challengers as 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 well Obviously right now there is the ownership situation with Manchester United where they're kind of they're kind of frozen in, in terms of what they can do in the transfer market. I think that's already hindering some of their some of their moves. This summer I saw a report in The Guardian only yesterday that they have ended their interest in Harry Kane just because they don't have the the money to meet Spurs' asking price. And that is surely linked to the ownership situation. I also saw a report that they're kind of lowballing Chelsea for Mason Mount. They had a, a bit of forty million pounds for Mason Mount rejected. Chelsea want double that and it's not clear that Manchester United can get anywhere close to that amount. So it's debatable or, or, or dubious that they would be able to pay the whatever it is, 200 million euros for killing Mbappe. Then you've got his wages as well. I'd imagine he'd want similar wages to Erling Haaland. He's apparently on a uh, on eight hundred thousand pounds a week, and then I think Man City just like deliver wild animals to him as well as part of his uh, contract uh, agreements. So maybe Mbappe Do you mean wants like something the T Rex in Jurassic Park when you put the goat down yeah. and then it's <laughs> yeah. gone. They use like a crane to like <laughs> lower deers into Erling Highlands <laughs> <Just> compound. <laughs> compound. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's part of his contract. Yep. So yeah, I'm not sure Man City's um, TLDR. I'm not sure that at this point that they would be able to afford killing Mbappe. It's worth doing a quick beat on Real Madrid further just from a footballing point can I just, of view. Before you do though, Graham, can we talk about the Man United
1: link? Because would they not, if the Qatar takeover happens, would they not ostensibly have the same ownership as PSG? I mean, not, maybe not technically, but ostensibly they would. And that would help the transaction somewhat?
2: Well, from the report, it seems like Qatar are going to uh, great lengths to try and convince the Premier League and UEFA that they wouldn't have the same ownership. Sure, so sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't know um, whether we believe that or not. But um, yeah, I guess maybe it, it could grease the wheels of any sort of deal if it's Qatar to Qatar to get Mbappé to, to the Premier League. There is a kind of a suggestion that maybe Qatar are... By stealth, kind of moving their footballing interest to Manchester United because they see more value in the in having a team in the Premier League. You know, Saudi Arabia has a a team in Newcastle United. Abu Dhabi has Manchester Manchester City, of course. And so there is a suggestion that Qatar is viewing their PSG investment with some regret and maybe now wish they had a Premier League club, which is where maybe the the links with Manchester United come from. So it, it wouldn't be the, the strangest thing if Mbappe ends up at, at Manchester United. Okay.
1: Uh, I interrupted your flow on going back to Real Madrid there, Graham.
2: Yeah, just from a footballing point of view, it's 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 a slightly confusing one to me. I can't fully get my head around where he would play in this Real Madrid team. This was admittedly more confusing when Kylian Mbappe was still, excuse me, Karim Benzema was still there because... Um, you know, obviously, you have Vinicius on the left, carrying Benzema through the middle. Mbappe, he can play in the right, but it's not where he's most comfortable. So I really didn't know where he was going to play for Real Madrid, say, last summer, when it seemed like Real Madrid were all in for him. Benzema's now gone, so I guess Mbappe could play as the number nine. But it doesn't seem like he likes playing as an out-and-out number 9 There's it There's been a source of tension at PSG, I believe, a source of tension with the French national team. As well, he that he has publicly said a number of times he doesn't really like playing in that position. He pre- prefers playing on the left, where obviously Real Madrid have Vinicius Jr. So, yeah, I think it, I, I'm interested in how that would actually work. Um Also, even if he's playing as a number nine, Mbappe is a very different number nine for Real Madrid than Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema... Was a conductor and an all-round centre forward, and everything Real Madrid did in the attack flowed through him. He's excellent in possession. He's got good passing range. Mbappé isn't that sort of player at all. You play into Mbappe, into Mbappé, you get him in behind. You need the creator behind Mbappé, whereas Benzema was the creator and the finisher. So there's a there's a difference in profile there, and some work would be required to kind of figure all that stuff out.
1: And um, okay, that that makes sense. How about we talk about some other potential suitors within? The Premier League, I think I have a couple of names we could talk about, Graham. Chelsea have been linked with Neymar, uh, tenuously, perhaps. But if if Todd uh wants to spend the money on Neymar, perhaps he could spend the money on Mbappe and maybe have an actual, you know, a number nine who doesn't necessarily want to play the number nine role. <laughs>
2: The thing about Chelsea right now is they're not in the Champions League and I do think Mbappe would care about that. Mm. Like He needs a Champions League club and, and given the way Chelsea are right now, it's not guaranteed that they will be in the top four. It's certainly not guaranteed they'll be in the top four again next season. So you could be talking about two seasons out of the Champions League at least um, and at 24 coming into his best years or starting to approach his best years. I don't know if that would appeal much to Mbappe. I am struggling to look at other Premier League clubs and, and see it as feasible or viable in any sort of way. So obviously City have Erling Haaland. They might have the money to sign Kylian Mbappe. I saw a link today with uh, Declan Rice, who until now seemed to be on his way to Arsenal and thought to myself, Man City have got to a point where they don't really need anything else, but they have money burning a hole in their pocket and are, are just thinking, oh, why not? Bed don't do it, Declan. Declan Rice. Don't do it.
1: Don't do it. Play some games instead. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, the next Calvin Phillips. Yeah, it worked out very well for for him last summer. So I guess City do have, they're one of the few clubs that do have the, the money, but I, I think they're smarter than giving themselves a, a PSG sort of situation where there's just too many egos. And I, I genuinely do think there is a bit of a rivalry between Haaland and uh, and Mbappe. So having them in the same dressing room, maybe not ideal. Liverpool, there was there was links for a number of years with, uh, with Liverpool, but frankly, they just don't have the money. And even if they did have the money, they need that money to rebuild full parts of their squad. They need like two or three central midfielders this summer. I think the chat is they're going to move for a, a central defender as well. So they feel that they need that money to rebuild their whole squad rather than going for one big signing as they did kind of last year with Darwin Nunes. Arsenal could be appealing if they could somehow find the money. I mean, they've got £100 million for Declan Rice, apparently. They're bidding £70 million for Kai Havertz. So I'm not really sure what the FFP implications would be for them, but I guess... It, it wouldn't be all that bizarre if Arsenal were one of the clubs that, that were in for him at some yeah. point. Just do a 20-year contract and amortize it
1: over the 20 years. That's the sh- the, Bo- the Boley effect. You could do that, right?
2: See, the thing is, with Kylian Mbappe, if he did that with Kylian Mbappe, like, that stands to reason. I don't <laughs> think Kylian Mbappe, like, with some of the players Chelsea have done it with, you think, really, do you think that guy's going to be that good five years from now? Kylian Mbappe, 29-year-old Kylian Mbappe, I still think is going to be one of the best players in the world. So actually, if there was an argument to do that for any player, it's probably Kylian Mbappe. But there's not really any strong links with with Chelsea. Newcastle United, um, obviously they have have the geopolitical situation there with Qatar selling to a Saudi Arabian club. Seems unlikely. So Graham, uh, to, to interrupt you on Newcastle, 1996,
1: back when I were a lad they broke the world transfer record for a number nine. His name was Alan Shearer, and he took them to the top, nearly won the Premier League with that. There could be, he's, no, Mbappe isn't a hometown Newcastle hero like Shearer was, but there could be a narrative where they haven't made their big, big, big move, right, had they, the Saudi owners yet, in terms of in terms of transfer outlay. There, is there a narrative where they get in the big one? I'm calling him a number nine, even though we've discussed that he may not necessarily prefer that option, but getting that striker uh, to take them to the very next level. They are a Champions League club, unlike Chelsea, as we say. So does that not make it... it, it could they sell it to Mbappé as, you're going to be the guy at this team for the next five years. You are going to take us to the Champions League um, knockout rounds.
2: I'm I'm sure they could, in in a sense. I mean, from a footballing point of view, Mbappé fits better into that Newcastle team than, than a lot of sides. Um, so this season they've been using... Generally, Alexander Isak off the left and then Callum Wilson through the middle tended to be the the, the system, the team that Eddie House settled on for the last kind of phase of the season. You could argue Alexander Isak, who's more comfortable as a number nine, you move him into the middle, you have Kylian Mbappe on the left, and obviously that is a big upgrade on on Callum Wilson, as good as he has done for Newcastle United. So from a footballing point of view, you could sell them on it. Obviously, Newcastle United, I think we all expect them to be title challengers in the next few years in the Champions League, as you say, Ryan. But it does. there's a few things. One is the geopolitical situation, Qatar selling to Saudi Arabia. You then have the final uh, financial fair play implications. I think Newcastle United are quite close to the line and have publicly said to kind of distance themselves from Man City and kind of make this statement on we're not going to be like Man City. They've said they're not going to break financial fair play rules, which is good of them. You know, that's what every other club in world football uh, does. Uh, They feel the need to state that they're not going to break financial fair play rules. Then you also have the fact that that would be a real change of tact from Newcastle United, who so far, even though they have resources and are now the richest club in the world, they've, they've spent well. They've spent smartly. And even yesterday, we were talking in our chat about Nicolo Barella, who I think is one of the best central midfielders in world football. Apparently, Newcastle are quite far along the line on a £50 million deal to sign him. £50 million is a lot less than I would expect Inter to ask for Nicola Barella. So when you look at some of the players that they've signed, Bruno Guimaraes, I think, was only 35, uh, £35 million. Sven Botman was a similar amount. They haven't really pushed into that upper tier of the transfer market, and to be honest, I don't really expect them to do that anytime soon because what they're doing right now is clearly working. They've gone from fighting relegation to the Champions League in 18 months. I'm not particularly convinced that they need an Mbappe to make the next step. Don't they, Graham? Don't they? Well, it would be nice, I guess, to have a Kylian (laughs) Mbappé.
1: It would indeed. I think we've made the case for it. Newcastle is going to be his destination. Or will it? Let's take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we'll uh, we'll look at what the the next few weeks and months, maybe even seasons ahead, are going to look like in the career of Kylian Mbappé. Back shortly. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favourite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub,
0: This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, who would like to remind you when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. You don't want to end up with Ryan, Graham and Joe. Just kidding.
1: Total Soccer Show. Welcome back to the big thing. Um, I've just been thinking over the break, Graham, that that Madrid team, if it did have Kylian Mbappé in it, would be tremendous, wouldn't it? It would be. I mean, they're world beaters as it is, but if you add that in with all the young talent they've got coming through this next gen of Real Madrid, if you were with Vinicius, with Jude Bellingham, as we mentioned, too many, and those kind of players, they're going to be pretty untouchable, are
2: they not? If they if they do pull this one off, certainly in terms of the individual talent I mean their front six, if you can call it that would be I mean if Kamavinga's playing at left back it would be Trumene, Fede Valverde, Jude Bellingham, Vinicius Jr, Mbappe and Rodrigo <laughs> <laughs> it's actually laughable how good that yeah. that kind of unit in theory I mean you know things in football don't always work out as as you expect but in theory that would be a ridiculous a ridiculous team to have so okay let's let's try and look at the most
1: likely scenario it feels like for, for soccer purposes and for for sporting purposes, Real Madrid is probably the best option at this point for the reasons we've just outlined there, and for his own career. And so he's not just you know collecting Liga titles, which, with all due respect to Liga, he should be you know on, on a different plane to that most likely. Is that the most likely scenario here, Graham, or is this all a massive, massive cynical ploy from uh, Kylian Mbappe's Mister Fifteen Percent, who is trying to bump up that next contract with a with another zero on the end? What do we think? Yeah.
2: It is in the back of my mind that this time last year, so 12 months ago, we all thought Kylian Mbappe was as good as gone as a PSG player. We all thought he was going to Real Madrid. I think Real Madrid thought he was going to Real Madrid as well. Um, they wanted him, he wanted them, he was a free agent, and then he signed a new contract with uh, with PSG. <laughs> that contract is worth €72 million euros a year. Um, and I guess it's possible that, the motivation behind all of this is Mbappe is seeing what Karim Benzema and Cristiano Ronaldo are getting in Saudi Arabia, what his former teammate Lionel Messi was offered by Saudi Arabia. I know we don't really know the numbers around his MLS deal, but it seems like Messi's going to get a cut of Apple TV subscriptions and Adidas shirt sales and all that stuff. And Mbappe's using that, this moment, he's using this moment as leverage to get paid something similar, whether that is even higher wages, whether that is a cut of those 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 shirt sales or, or, or whatever. It's also possible that he sees Messi's gone from PSG so, and, and Neymar is on his, his way out as well, and he sees an opportunity to squeeze more out of PSG, his theory being well, you're no longer paying Messi and Neymar the money that you were paying him. You've got some cash swelling around. How about you just give me that cash if I if I am truly the the new face of this club as as, right. as you want me to do to be? So they have kind of more cap space, if we can call it that, PSG and and Mbappe and his advisors probably recognise that PSG, as much as PSG are briefing this line that they will sell him this summer, I think that's a little bit of posturing from PSG. That I think that's. Them saying in the public sphere, we're not going to be told what to do by a player. Similar to how they reacted when Messi went to Saudi Arabia and, and, and they suspended him for, for two weeks. I think PSG are taking a little bit of a different stance in an attempt to re, to reshape the culture at the club. But I think Mbappé recognises that PSG don't want to lose all three players in one summer. And he, yeah. he sees himself in a pretty unique um, position of, of power right now. He definitely is. He definitely seems to hold the cards. But it seems
1: to me, Graeme, that... Mbappe is at a crossroads, but even more so, PSG are at a crossroads right now. And the, the onus should be on them. They either, they, they've got two paths they can take. They can end up losing all three of their players and having to completely reshape things. Or maybe even, as you mentioned, the Qatari influence sort of waning in France and moving their focus to, to England. They either do that and they accept sort of defeat at this crossroads, or they go all in. And they go down that route of we're France's team, we want to we're, we want Mbappé, we want to get more France national team members, we want to have Paris uh, our youth have our youth academy bring players, we want Fontainebleau to filter through to Paris Saint Germain. That is, it kind of feels to me like this this could be a really important
2: point for PSG mm-hmm. in in their path going forward. And there is a a geopolitical element to that discussion as well. So the last time this happened twelve months ago with Mbappé. It was very much in the interest, the best interest of Qatar, and even France as, as a country who do a lot of business with Qatar, it was in their interest to keep uh, Mbappe at PSG. There was a, an intervention from Emmanuel Macron to to convince Mbappe to stay. And obviously Qatar had the World Cup at the end of the year. They didn't want to lose their star player from their, their big European club in the months before that. Um, and so it was important that there was that link between the World Cup and Qatar, and then Mbappé, who was who was one of the stars of the World Cup, and was predicted to be one of the stars of the 2022 World Cup as well. And I do question whether there is that same will from PSG and, and Qatar to keep Mbappé at this moment in time, because obviously the 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 World Cup is 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 gone. Would there still would there be a second intervention from Emmanuel Macron to keep <laughs> Mbappé at, at at PSG? It feels like Qatar have. With the, as I say, with the World Cup in the rearview mirror, they've sort of had their moment in the sun and there's a lot more talk about Saudi Arabia at this point and the money that they're playing into, into football. So as I say, I, I think that's a big difference from last summer and maybe there isn't the level of political will from Qatar to give Mbappe a, a
1: big bumper contract. It's kind of mad that we're talking about maybe the cycle ending on this team. They've only owned it
2: for, what, 12 years?
1: 13 years now? It's not that yeah.
2: long. See the thing is with PSG the first the first phase of of that team was very good when they brought in Cavani and Zlatan Ibrahimovic and yes sure there wasn't the there wasn't great progress in the Champions League but they went from a club that wasn't often in the Champions League to every single season making the knockout rounds it's been that next step for them to becoming the team that can win the Champions League that has been difficult for them and they they just took they just took the wrong route I mean if you look at Cavani they went and found the next big thing in, 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 in Italian football and brought him to the club. And that seemed like a, a better strategy. And you could argue the, the equivalent now would be someone like Victor Ossiman, as, as if you know PSG went and got Victor Ossiman, who we know is good, we know is world-class, but he hasn't been at a, a super club yet. That's essentially what PSG did in their first spell when they went and got Yave Pastori and they went and got Edison Cavani and they mm-hmm. got Marco Verratti. Those were good signings. The second phase, though, has been calamitous, and that is the phase that needs to be left behind. Yeah, maybe they'll learn some lessons. Who knows?
1: Maybe very rich people can be told what to do. Yeah, (laughs) They're just
2: going to buy My United (laughs) and do the same thing all over again by signing basically the same players and getting Mbappé to My United. Lessons learned. Wonderful stuff.
1: All right, Graham, let's finish up by maybe giving our thoughts on what we actually think is going to happen in the next few weeks. I'll say my prediction for this saga is that Mbappé does go to Real Madrid, but it happens on like the 1st of September it happens after the window is closed do you remember the Gareth Bale saga where it it seemed to I think it actually got completed several days after the window had closed it was months and months of he's gonna go there but it's just a matter of time before he puts pen to paper lots of wrangling that's the way I see it going ugly protracted but eventually the best sporting outcome for the player at least how about what, what do you think
2: isn't it a shock that we're now saying that about Real Madrid, <laughs> how the tables have turned, that <laughs> like Real Madrid are the good guys now in, in, in this situation? Yeah. Um, I generally agree in how this is going to pan out, but I think it's going to be more of a Jaden Sancho transfer saga, and this is the first summer of the Jaden tran- Sancho transfer saga. So I do think Mbappe will be a Real Madrid player, but the way it's going, I think Real Madrid will strike some sort of verbal agreement with him that if he waits it out another year until the end of the con of his contract they'll make him like the highest paid player in history or something like that so they'll take that 200 million transfer fee and they'll say if you just if you just hold tight for the next 12 months we'll give you that 200 million in your contract is essentially what i think will happen yeah and we'll twist the knife even harder
1: into psg in the process i like that Graham. wow yeah So maybe Mbappe's going to have his hot Jaden Sancho summer. That's what we're thinking here. (laughs) Okay.
2: Yeah, and then hopefully he does better at his new club than Jaden Sancho has done because that hasn't panned out all that
1: well. Indeed. All right, Graham, I think that's pretty much it for the big thing. Any closing thoughts before we head off into the sunset for this one?
2: I'm so tired of talking about killing Mbappe and PSG. (laughs) let's hope let's hope <laughs> I know I predicted that this is going to go on until next summer but that's not a, what I want. what mm. I want is it to finally be over. just do the damn thing just consummate the thing this summer just do it. I mean, that's not a
1: ringing endorsement of the fact that we spent the last 45 minutes talking about Killian and Mbappé going to. to well, uh, we had
2: a, we had a duty to the concept and the title of this <laughs> of this show, and this is the big thing this week.
1: It is the big thing indeed, and we are, as we say, devoted to covering the biggest news story of the week every week on this here episode. Graham than you've done a stellar job as always of doing so. Thank you very much.
2: Oh, thank you, Ryan Bailey, and you same to you. That was very convincing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I felt the
1: passion in that one. Thank you very much, Graham. Listener, thank you very much for joining us on this one. As always, we'll be back on the feed very shortly. But for now,
3: au revoir.